It's been a it's been a weird week, hasn't it? Um, do you uh, do you just feel the the funk across the land? Um, it's there, man. And uh, and I, before we get into the missions, I want, I want to tell you something about. I want to remind you of a truth. This has been on my heart all week. Um, and and I. As we, as we go into, we're going to watch a video with Taylor. It's, it's really good. We did a, we wanted Taylor to be on stage today. For all of you watching at home, Taylor Fields is one of our missionaries we support uh, big time uh, uh, graffiti in New York, and you saw a video there. And so we had to do it on Zoom. And, um, and this whole week, it's just been, it's been heavy because we wanted Taylor to be here, and he couldn't, and, and uh, they have to quarantine for two weeks if they do that, and it's just, it's a mess. And, um, but I, I'll tell you one thing I've noticed, just as a, a Franklinite, just that as a regular citizen, not just as the pastor of Clearview, but one of the things I've just noticed, and, and I, I, I sent a text this week to a few of my other buddies that pastor churches in the area, and I said, hey, has the, has the COVID panic in your people just been like renewed? And you're like, yes. You know, it, it, it's it, in... And I, I understand that, but I, w- I want to remind you guys of something, okay? And I'm going to say some things, and I want to, before I say them, and some of this off the cuff, and so, you know, if you don't like it, well, you know, just come back next week. I, I, if I haven't offended you by now, I will at some point. Uh, but but I, I want to remind you of some truths. And, and I want to remind you of truths because we live in a foggy world, you know? We, we live in a world where you... The, the, the Bible says in Proverbs 23 that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Let me, let me tell you what that means. It means the story that you tell yourself, you will believe that story. Whatever story you tell, you know what, if you, if you, if you tell yourself you, you're a victim, you're going to be a victim. If you tell yourself you're not pretty, you, you, then you're going to believe that. If you tell yourself that you're not worthy, you're going to believe those things. You're, that you will believe the story that you tell yourself. And, and the more I thought about that even this week, the, the reality is, you know, you are, you are being told every day, all day through media to be afraid. You're being told to be scared. You are, I knew in March, when, when we're actually in February, I remember watching things on, on my phone as USA Today, uh, Fox News, just, and I would see stories coming out like one man dies of COVID. That, that made national headlines. One man. One person got sick in the school systems. Hospital administrator goes, and, and I saw what was going on. Now, I want to say something to you. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Nobody's saying the pandemic isn't real. Of course it is. Some of you have lost loved ones, and, and, and it's been tragic. My, my, my grandmother, uh, had, we, we buried her this week. She didn't die because of COVID, but she got COVID while she was in the, in the nursing home. You know, the, the, those things have affected even, even my family. And, and so... I'm, I'm not saying that to you. I, I know that that is real. Some of you are at home because you should be. We have said since day one at Clearview, if you have a pre-existing condition or if you're, if you, if you're at a certain age population, listen, you, 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 gotta, you, you cannot afford to be dumb in these times. You, know? you can't afford to be cavalier. You, know? you, you can't afford to just be you know, as if nothing's going on. But I want to say something to you, Christian friends. There's a difference between being cautious and living in complete terror. 
There's a difference in that. And and I want to say to you, the media is constantly, constantly, constantly. If you haven't noticed, COVID is becoming a lifestyle. Commercials now have masks. COVID is becoming a way where I I don't know how long this thing's going to go. But I do know this about all of you because I know it about me. We're tired. We're fatigued. You're having to, you know, some of you that work in the corporate sector, you're on Zoom seven, eight hours a day. You were never on, you've been in more meetings since COVID than you've been in an entire career, Right? Every time, I know how you feel, every time, just when, we had to pivot this week with Room in the Inn ministry. Just every time that you think you've got some semblance of a plan, boom, it changes. And you have to adjust. Employees have to be quarantined because a a cousin of a cousin, they know that at a a, a dinner had, had COVID and now their employees, their employer says you can't come for a while. It's just hard. There's, there's no rules. It seems that, 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 um, we're all doing the best we can. Even at church, you need to realize here, even at church, I've got, I've got people here, even at Clearview that, that are truly concerned. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're truly concerned. I've got other people in, in, at our church on the other end of the spectrum that, that think that, that we should just not do anything different, just keep moving. And, and I pastor all of those people, you know, and, 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 it's, and, and so just know that it, there's, there's no, we're doing every, as a church, we're doing everything we can. But I tell you one thing we're not going to do. We're not going to stop. 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 See, you don't even know if you should clap at that or not. That's how much the shame, the shame is out there, you know? I'm serious. There, there, there is a shame of being positive. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that, that, that if, you, if you have it, as a, as, a man, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. There are people, there are people that are so terrified, they, they don't understand why you're not. And I want to say to you, if we really do believe every word we just sang, if we really do believe that Jesus came out of the grave, if we really do believe that Jesus conquered death, then I want to say something to you, Christian. You are not going to leave this earth one second before God intended it. You are not You are not going to leave this earth one second before God intended it. Now, I'm not going to go jump in a swimming pool of COVID either, you know. But I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going, this is just Jason talking, and I'm your pastor, and you hired me, and that you get the whole package when you get that. But I'm just telling you, I'm not going to let Fox News I'm not going to let CNN, I'm not going to let Newsmax, I'm not going to let the Wall Street Journal, I'm not going to let the County Health Department, I'm not going to let anybody tell me what I should believe. I'm not. I'm not going to let them tell me that. Right? And that's not me being a proud American John Wayne, by the way. For those of you that don't know John Wayne, Google him. Um, I'm not being a proud American doing that. What I'm saying to you is, if you read the last book of this Bible, it's going it's to get worse, actually. It's going to get worse, friends. I, I, I know this is good Southern theology. We ain't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you, 
And it may not have anything to do with COVID. I'm just going to tell you, we haven't seen anything yet. So what does that leave us as, as a church? As a church, what did A.W. Tozer say? A scared world needs a fearless church. And, and it's time. I want, I, want to, I want to read to you a verse out of Isaiah. Just listen to it. Isaiah says in Isaiah 41.10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you. you ever, have you felt that way lately? Just you, Everywhere you turn, it's just there's an anxiousness. Everybody you look at, even your friends, your family, even sometimes in your own head, me included, we have anxious thoughts. We do. We all do. The Word of God says, do not anxiously look about you, for I, I am your God. I will strengthen you, and surely I will help you, and surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I am your God. And what I want to say to you, Christian friend, whether you're listening in California, whether you're listening in some part of Tennessee, Kentucky, we have people that listen and watch these from all over the country. I want to say to you, believe in the Word of God. Believe in the Word of God. God owns your life. God owns your life. And you know, the day I was born, which was December 9th, 1972, on that day, there was also a death day appointed to me. That day, on that, the day I was born, there was also an end date to that. And I'm not leaving this planet before God intends it to happen. And so until that time, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to live until I die. I'm going to live until I die. I'm going to live until I die. And I don't want to put anybody in harm's way. I don't intend to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do anything to make things worse. But I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not just going to wait around and let life be dictated to me. I'm going to live until I die. I'm going to live until I die. And, and so right now, well, how does that factor into missions? Oh, it factors into missions big time. Because right now, what our world needs more than maybe any other time in my lifetime is a voice of truth in the midst of a world of opinions and mandates and theories and philosophies, everything from government to health to economics to schools. We, if you haven't noticed, opinions are of no shortage right now. Right? Opinions are of no shortage. And we all think we're right. I mean, I could fix all of this if they would just listen to me. Right? It's true. You feel the same way. But we have the Word of God. And more than any other thing... This world is stable, and it is stable because God owns it. And because God owns it, I can walk in the freedom of faith that overrides what fears may come. And fears may come. Fears will come, actually. And when they do, don't let the world tell you how you should feel in your soul. The Word of God's going to do that for me. And I just felt prompted to say that to you all week long, that Clearview Baptist Church I don't care. I don't care if the, if the entire world, if the entire world of churches decides to run, we will not. We will not. I'm just telling you, we will not. And I, can't, I can't tell you how that looks. 
I can't tell you the playbook. To be honest with you, we've had about 12 playbooks since March. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you how that's going to look, but I can tell you this. We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop because people need Jesus Christ. I can't imagine where my mental life would be right now if I did not have the power of the Holy Ghost riding over my mind, riding over how I look at my family. I can't imagine how I would look at this world. And I think that's why you see so much of this stuff. It's because people that don't know Christ are terrified because they, they're holding on to every ounce of life they can because it's all they know. And I'm saying, this isn't all I know. So I'm going to live like Christ is alive. So I want you to watch this video with Taylor. And then we're going to talk about missions in a little different way. If you don't know who Taylor Fields is, we've been supporting him for well over 20 years at Clearview. And uh, they, they, they are a ministry that start, they, they birth churches, they pastor churches. And he, many of you have met him. He, he is a treasure of a man. And we had a, a Zoom interview. And I want you to watch it, and then we're going to come back. Taylor, thank you for joining with us. What's it like up in New York today? What's the weather like? Uh, it's rainy and a little bleak, Jason. And uh, I'll just to be honest, there's been a number of people in my neighborhood that moved out of the neighborhood too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you been up there, man? Yeah, about 34,000 years, Jason. It's, it's seemed a long time. We greeted, the, we greeted the Dutch when they arrived. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have actually been here. Thir- I've been here 34 years. Um, man, and, uh, did you grow up, did you grow up up there? No, I grew up in Oklahoma. And so my world was quite different growing up than it was being here. Just a little, just a little, just a little. (laughs) So a lot of our folks that are watching this here on Sunday, uh, that they, they probably, a lot of them haven't met you or a lot of them are watching online. Uh, You know, literally we have just like a lot of churches do now, people watching from all over how you're in New York city. How did graffiti get connected with Clearview? You know, that's a good question, and I'm not sure I can answer. I would say one of the important people that made a connection with John Gardner, and uh, he, he uh, took the time when we were still on the storefront, Jason, and uh, began to get involved with us and say, what can Clearview do? And, uh, you know, I just would say, I want to say a thank you to Clearview that, you know, we started, when we first started partnering with you, we were at a storefront. Uh, you helped us uh, build the first building that Southern Baptists have ever built in Manhattan. And we said, we don't want this to be a sofa. We want to be a launching pad. Wow. And through your help, you know, now there's five graffitis, which you've helped with also in New York City, as well as graffitis in other areas. And maybe some people don't know, I just want to say that, um, it's been phenomenal. We, because we're here, we're able to help other uh, churches, and we are now coaching uh, our 107th church since uh, you all got started. I think it was over 20 years ago. I mean, I know uh, people like Mark Baird have been to every single mission trip we've ever had up there. You know, so, yeah. So God bless bless you for what you've done, and um, it's really been uh, a good soil, and we bless. Uh, New York, we've also been able to help bless other places. So it, it's been a good investment. It's a good chance for me to just say thank you, Jason, to all the people that have helped out and partnered with us. And thanks for letting us be part of your mission goals, reaching out beyond your own self-interest. We're really grateful. Do, do you have time? I can tell you a story about John Gardner. Go ahead. Why not? I've never, I've worked with a number of churches. John Gardner, when they first started getting involved, I'll never forget, he said this, 
and no one has ever said this. He said, we're going to invest this amount, you know, these people and this amount of money. And then he said, is that enough money for you? And uh, no one's ever asked me that question. So that just, that's an indication of generosity. That's generosity, wanting to do something abundant for other people. And that, that was many years ago, but I remember it and I'm grateful for it. So, do me a favor. Tell me, like I, I know, but a lot of our folks might not, exactly what is graffiti and what do you do? Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, graffiti has a, a mission really to express Christ's love in tangible ways. And we work with the Southern Baptist Convention, North American Mission Board. So, uh, you know, uh, with cooperative program, even when you give an offering, you participate in what we do. But our goal was really to, um, uh, what we say is we want to meet the need first. It's not meet the need. It's meet the need first. You start with those tangible things, and then all these other things happen, and transformation in Christ and all the great things that we see in the gospel. And so that's our goal. We're named Graffiti, Jason, because um, when we started, well, you could imagine, you see our neighborhood, you know, every time the mission team painted the front of our little storefront, it would be covered with graffiti the next day. Really, And so some genius on the team, yeah, some genius on the team said, hey, uh, God invented graffiti. In the book of Daniel, God wrote on the wall. So let's paint graffiti across the front. And that became our nickname. And now, as I mentioned, there's five graffitis in New York City and graffitis in other areas. So um, you never know what a mission team can do. Just embrace it. Yeah, just, just embrace it, man. Embrace it. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, and, and so... When, when one of the things we want our people to know is that this being missions month, you know, when, when, when they give people at Clearview, they give their, their dollars to the impact fund that actually goes to you church planting ministry in New York city. And, you know, Shane and I went to uh, Brooklyn tab a, a few years ago to investigate some prayer meeting concepts. And one of the things that, that I was just, uh, I guess you'd say readily confronted with was, literally when you stepped beyond the threshold, I mean, when you were inside the church, it was different. When you, when your foot went over the threshold of the door, all of New York was right there. I mean, there were, there were prostitutes yeah. walking down the street. There were homeless people. There were people in Armani suits. I mean, it, it was exactly, I mean, you were, Shane and I were like, wow, you're confronted with the real world at the door. Um, and it's, it's, I'm sure that's a hard place to serve, Taylor. You know, it's a good way to say it. We sometimes say, you know, the drug dealers, prostitutes, uh, uh, people with difficult circumstances, what a great place for a church to be. That's right. We feel like God's call there. And I tell myself, you know, uh, it can be overwhelming, can it, Jason? But I, I would say, you know, one of the things I think about is if people are God's treasure, then New York City's got to be one of God's treasures. Yeah. Um, right. but it, it, it can be like a war. It can drain, as you know, every, every church, every group has battlegrounds and we have some battlegrounds here. Yeah, for sure. What, what do you think Taylor? I know, I know you could list a, a million things, but just right now in this season of ministry that clearly has been so tied with you for so long, but in this season of ministry, what is the hardest thing for you guys right now? I would say, um, is probably the same thing as across the country. But as you said, we're, uh, it's many apartments, people on top of each other. There's no cars. Public transportation is limited. I would say that it is um, isolation starvation or connection starvation. Okay. People really not having what they need 
to follow through. And I, you add pressures, the financial pressures for people in our neighborhoods, very vulnerable uh, in many ways, and the other difficulties. I would say that's the hardest thing. So I would say probably uh, connection starvation is one of the most difficult. Now, there's a lot of needs right now and food. And, and we, we try to say, you know, we, we want to follow up with someone, walk through things with them. And so we're doing things not only with food, but also counseling. We have a, a person that's a certified case manager that works with us who's on our staff. And so trying to help people walk through this time is one of the practical ways. So it's not just like a one-time event, but it's helping people come to a sustaining place in Christ. I can see that because uh, the, the, that, that city's been affected more, especially in, in a pandemic, city's been affected more so than a lot of cities. I mean, it's just, it's, it got hit pretty, pretty much more hard than most rest of the country, I think. And um, how are you doing, man, as, as the, the pastor and the, well, and the lead man? I laugh because see, you know, in our area, you know, it's all buildings, not many trees. Uh, once the public transportation closed down, you couldn't get to a park. And we rented a car a few months ago and drove down North Carolina. It felt like breaking out of jail, Jason. I just got to admit. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so there is that dynamic. Uh, but also, you know, hey, um, people are working together. We feel, you know, we take the Joseph principle. We call it the Joseph principle. You know, in, in Genesis, um, Joseph couldn't change the seasons. When you can't change the seasons, take advantage of them. That's right. He couldn't change the famine. This is our season to be here. And so we see some real opportunities. And like I said, um, you know, there's a, there's a passage in Zechariah that says, uh, Jerusalem, city of God, will be the, the city without walls. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the walls will come down. It means it will get bigger and bigger. Uh, the walls are coming down here in mm -hmm. some ways. Uh, the fact that you and I are talking like this is a wall that's come down. It's interesting. Um, one, of the, one of the verses that my boys and I talk about all the time, I'm, I'm trying to talk to my boys constantly about um, the story that they tell themselves. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Proverbs 23, I think. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. The story you tell yourself. So if you tell yourself it's awful and and there's that you're this is the worst ever, that's what's going to happen. But if you tell yourself, I am right where God wants me to be, boy, that 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 opens up a whole different perspective because you said it so right, Taylor. Um, where else should a church be than smack in the middle of a city that is is hurting and and on, on levels that that's far from Franklin, Tennessee. Put it that way. Well, you put that well. You know, we work a lot with homeless people, people with difficulty, and I've done it for 34 years. And I've noticed that the ones and there's a lot of tragedies, a lot of great victories, but the ones that make it are the ones that, in the end, focus on what they have instead of what they don't have. Gratitude, man. I think that's true for all of us. Gratitude, it? gratitude and perseverance are linked. Are they not? <laughs> they, they really are. I think it was Helen Keller that said uh, something to the effect of uh, character is never formed in ease and quiet or something like that. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's, but it's the truth. You, you guys are right where you need to be. And, and we wanted you on this stage. It's heartbreaking uh, that you, because that, you were supposed to be on the stage today at Clearview. And, and uh, I wanted that to happen so bad. Um, you know, our, uh, let me ask you this, like what, what's on the horizon for you guys? When, when you look out, um, let's say in the next 12 months, and obviously there's a lot we can't predict, nor, nor could we even without a pandemic, but on the, in the next 12 months, if, if 12 months from now, if you said, man, 
the, those last 12 months were amazing. What, what would have happened to make you say that? You know, we're talking a lot about that right now, Jason. You know, I think about, I think it's Wayne Gretzky who said, you know, don't go to where the puck is, go to where it's going to go. It's going to be, yes, right. So we're looking at 2021, and honestly, in our neighborhood, each neighborhood is different, uh, we anticipate some fairly critical uh, financial pressures and needs. And so we, you know, we believe, you, you know, Christ expressed love, we express Christ's love in practical ways, that we're going to really work on that part, and that's that connection to helping people. We call them micro-grants. Mm -hmm. A little tiny yeah. help with yeah. things, but it just gets us involved in these families' lives that are food insecure, that are feeling these incredible pressures. And so I anticipate that 2021 is going to be like that. And that's yeah. what we're looking at. Yeah, my micro grants. That's a great way. I like I like that. That's neat. I uh well listen, um we have teams that we, we, we fully intend to be there in, in the next several months, you know, uh, in 2021, uh, I certainly hope, um, I can be there. I've been told, uh, I was supposed to go this year, but I've been told that graffiti and going on mission trips to New York city is a great way to do a family mission trip. I know a lot of our families have, it's a great way to introduce your kids to missions. That's right. We've experienced some of those things. We've seen some uh, good things coming and, and uh, you'll be working with Pastor Kareem Gubron, who uh, I think is, uh, he, I've worked with him for 30 years and I think you'll really enjoy him. Uh, he's a great communicator. Yeah. Uh, well, Tether, listen, um, we, we really do want to say thank you for, for everything and that our, our days ahead with you are, are, are really brighter, I think, than what's behind us because it, now is the time. You know, uh, you know, now is the time. And so we, we just want you to know uh, we're, we're, uh, we're behind you uh, as strong as we've ever been. And we thank you for what you're doing. Well, and I just want to say thank you again. God bless you for making the commitment to New York City. And I do think this next phase, there's going to be some great opportunities. And it's always you start those little things, but then they become these incredible things. And we've seen that happen. And I think that there's going to be some real opportunities these next coming years. You know, uh, boy, he's just the kind of guy you want to be around, isn't he? Um, what, what a positive man. And uh, I, I really am excited for what, what we got coming at us. I wanted to show you uh, really, really for a minute kind of a layout. You've heard Kim Margrave this, this whole last couple of weeks talking about a missions offering. And I wanted to show you that every time you give money, as we look at Missions Month, what we're doing and how your money is doing things to help people in real time. So that, that he's one of our national partners. So I, I kind of broke it down like this for you this morning. Let's look at this next image. Um, as you give a unified missions offering throughout this month, uh, they, they, those are broken down in 5% increments and the 80% I'll explain. So the North American Mission Board, you heard Taylor mention that, 5% of what Clearview gives, 5% of what you give is going to go into that bucket, all right? The Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, we're taking 5% of what we give, we're putting it in that bucket as well. The Tennessee Baptist Children's Home, you, you know that we, are, we, we talk about them all the time. You see us baptized from time to time, uh, young, young boys and girls that are in that home. We, we, we're very supportive of the Baptist Children's Home. Then the International Mission Board, every time that you give money, it goes to missionaries across the world. The thing, let me just tell you quickly... The thing that separates Southern Baptists is, is not so much our theology, because our theology is biblical, and lots of denominations kind of are pretty close to that. 
One of the separators is, is in, in our philosophy of missions. And missions is a cooperative effort, meaning that every church, small and large, can put into a bucket. And when you do that, let me tell you what that does. The other model out there is that if Jason and Michelle, if we decided that we wanted to go be, you know, missionaries in Tahiti, which is, you know, a good thought from time to time, right? Um, but let's say we wanted to go be missionaries in Tahiti. Well, then, then what we would do in those moments is, is we would have to go to you and we would raise our support. That's what most denominations do. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. A lot of folks do that. And it works, but the, the, the downside of that is if you talk to most missionaries, they spend upwards of 60% of their time raising money for the next year just trying to stay alive. So 40% of our time would be in Tahiti. And if I'm going to go to Tahiti, I don't ever want to leave it again, right? I mean, you just want to stay there. So, so the, the truth is, what we have allowed to do, what you have allowed to do with missionaries, is when they go on the mission field in some of these hard places, they have things like a vehicle. They have things like a home. They have money that their children, their, their, their children, the, the mom and dad, is they're both missionaries, they have the ability for their home to be stable. They don't have to raise money all the time. And so what it frees them up to do is do the mission work. And so that's what the International Mission Board is about. And Paul Chitwood, a friend of mine, Paul's the, the uh, I think he's the president, it's, it's technical title, but president and CEO of International Mission Board, a, a great man and, and, and doing a great job there. Now, the 80% of Clearview, that doesn't mean it goes to our church. I just didn't have the space to write it. That goes to what we call our Impact Mission Fund. We have a mission fund here at Clearview called the Impact Mission Fund. And we use that. So let me tell you a, a, an example of how that might work. When, when, uh, when Mercy UK had some needs, that wasn't in our budget, right? I mean, you, you can't always forecast what's coming at you. You try. But Mercy UK had some needs. So what did we do? We were able to pull on the impact mission fund that you've been putting money into for years and meet a need like that. And that is the coolest thing ever because it allows us the, the, some margin to, to, when God brings things our way, we don't have to say, well, we'll put you in the budget cycle for 2022. You know, no, they had a need right now. And, and so we help them with computers. Do you, do you guys, I, I've said it before, but just in case for those of you listening at home or maybe you're listening on a podcast, I'll tell you one of the coolest things God's done in our church in the last 12 months that I don't know that we've given it enough press to realize really what happened. Mercy UK was up against a hard deadline where their Microsoft software was coming to a hard stop. And so their ministry was going to be literally just shackled with what they could do. Clearview Baptist Church, we put out the call for that. And within about 36 to 48 hours, we raised just around, all told together, a little bit over 40-something thousand, almost $50,000. And that bought them computers. And what it did is it bought them, I think, how many, Kim, 20-something computers? 25 brand-new computers. And we got software up to date. And that happened, I think, in like November, December of last year. And who would have known that within 90 days, this national lockdown was going to hit in the U.K.? where they are now ready to, they can do counseling online. They can do ministry online. You see, that's what the Impact Mission Fund does, is there's time God brings us things and we get on it. 
and we don't know what's coming. So that's, I just want you to see how that, that missions offering is all playing together, man. And I'm so proud of you guys um, as, we're, as we're speaking about missions. Um, I, I, I did this without permission, so, uh, you know, permission. For those of you that are brand new in marriage, I want to give you all a little marriage help this morning. Uh, forgiveness is way better than permission, okay? Uh, that's somewhere in Deuteronomy, uh, I know, uh, but, but it's really not. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't take that advice. I'm just going to say if you ever need that card, you could say your pastor says that sometimes. Um, but, so I didn't really ask for permission for this, but it's a really cool story. It's a, it's a really cool story, and I, I want to just I want to introduce you to someone. This is Dr. Greg Cook, and uh, Greg is is watching, I'm sure, on, online this morning. And he, uh, he he and his brother they own Franklin Orthopedics. And you know the clock tower across from McAllister's. The clock tower. When my boys were real little, they were fascinated with that clock tower. And uh, here's the clock tower, Dad. Every time we drove by it, you know. And and uh, Dr. Cook is a member here at Clearview, and and, and just the, the, the best man. I just love him so much. He's a, a, just a, a a true man. He's just the kind of guy that you just never walk away from Greg Cook feeling worse. You just don't. He he's just a great man, and I love him a lot. Um, but a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, rather, when we had our men's dinner, you noticed that one of the things Shane Pass had done was we set up men's ministry efforts based on passion, things that you love. We, we have launched 17 small groups for men based in, in centering around what makes you come alive. We have a group for people that play golf. They, they played yesterday. We have a group for, for, for men that love uh, their gearheads and motors and engines and cars. We have a, a group uh, that, that really, really love technology and entrepreneurship in that realm. We have a group for video gamers. How cool is that? There's no excuses. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a group for you here. But here's, we didn't just start fellowship groups. No, we started missionary groups. Because what we're doing is we're, we realize that if you can get men together around what they already love, let me tell you why this matters so much. Let me tell you the genius behind this. What matters so much is when people love something, when they love it, they're automatically kindred spirits. You know, somebody that loves music, if you're into music and then all of a sudden you've got a bond and, and you're, you're in the same tribe. Well, Dr. Cook is a competition shooter. I mean, this man goes around and he shoots and he, I mean, he goes and he, he competes and you wouldn't know it by the time he's a very humble guy, but, but uh, he, is, he is awesome. And Dr. Cook has, has taken on the mantle, and Dr. Cook has started a, a small group for men that love uh, tactical shooting and, 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 and the shooting sports and stuff. And let me show you a, a quick video of just how good Dr. Cook is. I don't, that last part of that Texas wheel, I don't know if you understand the gravity of how hard that is, shooting a bullet the size of, you know, a piece of macaroni, you know, he is awful to shoot with because he doesn't miss and I don't like shooting with him, but I love going. Um, he's, he's a great man. So, um, I show you that for a reason. And let me tell you why that looks like missions. You see, that's Joe, that's Joe uh, Hicks right there. Many of you know Joe. They've gone here a long time. Now, you don't realize, especially for those of you that aren't into anything like this, let me tell you what's happening right there. They're, 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 they're not just talking about a gun. They're talking about something they love. They, they use vocabulary that I don't even know. 
They get into intricacies and tolerances of all kinds of things. But why are Joe and Dr. Cook, why are they brothers? Because they have a common bond. And when you take that common bond and you use it in Jesus' name, things begin to happen. And and so why would I take Sunday morning to, to explain something and show you a video like that? Because missions comes in all kinds of forms. We're going to use these groups to reach men that don't know Jesus, but they do love the shooting sports. We're going to reach men that don't know Jesus, but they do love to fix an old car. We're going to use this. We're going to use passion, groups based around things they live for, business, eating. We have a grilling group. You should join it, you know? We're going to use that to reach people that don't know Christ. And so what's happening right there is men are making deep relationships and they're, they're, they're striving together. They're talking about fatherhood. They're talking about being a husband. They're talking about life. They're just doing it in a context that isn't on a Sunday morning Bible study. And so that's why it's working. And, and so why, here's why I would share that on missions day for you. You guys, let me talk about this verse in Matthew. Look at, this, look at this verse, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. Now, I want to leave that verse up there for a second because I, I think about this verse a lot. I quote it a lot to myself. I, I, I've memorized it and I, and, I, and I pick it apart sometimes when I'm driving down the road. And, and when you do that, when you kind of soak or marinate on a verse at times, things over, over the course of months and sometimes even years, that it'll rise to the top. And you'll, you'll, you'll see different angles of it than you haven't seen before. And, and one of the things that, that really has hit me recently about this verse is that, notice it said that that merchant, what was he doing? He was seeking pearls. He was a pearl merchant. He loved that stuff. And he was on a constant hunt for the finest pearl. So you know what that tells me? That, 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 that man wasn't sitting back and doing nothing, hoping a fine pearl would come to him. What he was doing is he was literally putting himself out there. He was on the journey. He, it, says, it actually says he was seeking fine pearls. And then when he actually found it, this is the kicker for me. I think the, 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 the greatest truth in this story of the kingdom of heaven is what Jesus is saying is that you, you can have the kingdom of God. But you've got to be willing to give up your other life to get it. It's all in. It's all in. You, you can have it, but you, gotta, you, can't, you can't reach on to that, that world and try to hold on to this world too. You just, it, it doesn't work that way. You know, some of you want God to use you. You want to know what it feels like to know that every day when you get up, you have a purpose. You want to know that every day when you get up, that you have some reason to do it. You want God to use you. And I'm here to tell you, friend, you can have it. But it's 100%. You've got to be willing to leave an old life and go into a new one. And when you do, you are going to experience God on levels you've never imagined. I promise you, because I've experienced it myself. So if you don't know Christ this morning, you're watching out there, 
or you're in here and you don't know Christ, the pearl of great value for you is come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Talk to us. Send us an email at Clearview. Go to our website, contact form. Send it to us. We will talk to you about the pearl of great Christ and who Christ is. But if you are a Christian, as many of you are, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to put yourself out there if you want God to use you. But when you do, friends, you are going to find the freedom of knowing the one pearl that can change it all for you. And that's what missions is for us, that you can become a missionary and you never imagined you could do it with something that you love. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter, but sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world to sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.